It's Thursday. Today is Thursday. I've brought you the greatest gift of all. Oh, yeah? Well, in that case... Entertain me! It's showtime. Make use of the help that God puts around you. We are not a glum lot. A promise is a promise. It's very simple. Just don't drink and go to meetings. Give time, time. Easy does it. I do it. Want to have self-esteem? Just do esteemable things. One day at a time. We carry the message, not the alcoholic. Don't quit before the miracle happens. Hey, with an effective character, three guys sitting around talking about our personal experience in recovery. Hey, I'm Mike. I'm Dennis. James here. The opinions are our own. We don't represent any particular organization, institution, or fellowship. Today, we'll be sharing our experience with recovery on TV and films in episode 43 of the Defective Characters podcast. Let's go. Hey, hey guys. Hello. Hello. How's it going? So we're, we're now back in our, our uh, separate mobile studios and not actually in person anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And what's up Florida with this? What's up with this spike? Huh? Just the. Uh, well, I think politics have gotten involved somewhere along the line, and it's really uh, warping people's, you know, thoughts and the way they're treating this illness. So yeah. I'm just staying inside and then. Yeah. God well, this, on, you know? also the thing is too. It's not an. It's not a spike. It's a continuation. You know, we were able. To spend two months or a few months of of fighting it, and it started to go down, but it never went down. It never went all the way down. We never had it completely under control. And then everyone's like, "Oh, it's over now. Let's just go back out." And so everyone's going back out and not taking the right precautions, and then so it inflames. They actually closed all the beaches for our Fourth of July weekend, yeah, which is a smart move. But I, I'm fearing they're going to go to other beaches instead and just bring it other places. Yeah, and there, there's uh, a lot of. Uh, have you guys been to the the beach since all this started? You know what's funny? I've never been oh, yeah. to the beach in the three years that I've lived in Orlando. For real? <laughs> yeah, I've never been because I lived in Miami for 20 years. So. <laughs> No. I'm like Disney like, World, Universal Studios. You haven't right? e- you haven't even been to Blizzard Beach. Well, okay, I've been to. Blizzard. Okay, so that counts. <laughs> that doesn't <laughs> count. That I does think not. it does. I th- I think it- all the water. Park. It's a water park. You know what they say? If when life's a beach, I'll be playing in the sand, right? Something. Who like that. says that? I think Lil Wayne. I think Weezy oh, okay. said. Okay, that think, makes sense. Then. Um, I. I went to the. I think I told you guys. I went to the beach maybe two months ago. It was it was Mother's Day weekend. My wife wanted to go to Venice, and it wasn't as busy. Uh, she has family over there, but the real pain was the fact that there were people that didn't understand the six feet socially distance in the path to get to the beach from the parking lot. There was this wooden bridge, and it was only six feet across. But it was about 30 feet long. So you actually had to look down 30 feet and try to, like, pace yourself to, like, in. and there were older people that were, as we found out, more susceptible to, hey, you got to be careful about this. And they were just, they were just book, they were like, you know, it doesn't even matter. I'm going to walk. And no matter what you do, you're not going to get six feet apart from the person 
when the bridge itself is only six feet across and somebody's body is 18 inches or more across, you're, you're like two and a half feet from them. And that's the best that you can do on this. And I think that's a real problem that they're having is when people see the ocean or see a body of water, at least where we are in Florida, they're like, Oh, we're good. You know, it doesn't, doesn't really matter. I'm going to go out there. And that's why, even though if you don't call it a spike, that's fine. It was, it's something a lot of people are stressing out about because as meetings are opening back up in person, then there's talk yeah. like, should they shut back down? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think we're we're definitely at the risk of the whole country, or not the whole country at least, but like definitely Florida and certain hot spots of shutting back down. But like James said, that politics has gotten involved, and one side of politics is basically let's ignore it and it'll go away. When obviously that has, you know, increased. Like we're like certain states are reaching higher numbers than Italy at the height when they were the epicenter of the whole pandemic, you know? So now America and Florida and Texas and stuff are now posting higher numbers and stuff than the worst of it up to this point. I saw on the internet um, a meme that was just quite funny and it reminded me of alcoholics. It said, uh, we warned everyone to wear face masks to protect other people. (laughs) (laughs) So in a sense, if we would have told everyone to wear face masks to protect yourself, they would have followed it. But since everyone's selfish and self-centered, you know, we're at where we're at now. Sure. So, so James with, uh, I, I know Dennis doesn't want to call it a spike. What did you say instead of spike? Dennis, You can call it a spike. It's just a continuation. It so, never so, went away. So how, it's it not like a plateau? huh? <laughs> or plateau? Plateau. I think it's like an archipelago, right? Yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah. It's kinda, I mean, we like... we did we did plateau, but we plateaued on like still hundreds of new cases every day. You know what I'm saying? We never got down to the tens or the under a control, and it came back. It never went away. So it spiked in the sense that, like, now we're reaching more numbers than we ever have. Right. So, so, so James, but, yeah. is, it, is it gonna change even week to week? I feel like things are changing. Uh, how are your in laws and your wife dealing with all this? And I know your intentions of getting back to work, even though you're in the bar scene, what does that look like for you? I got a call from work yesterday asking, um, you know, it's funny because, well, they asked me when I plan to come back. And I was like, I was like, I really, end of July, maybe, like, I, I told them I want to stay as long as I can out of the restaurant. And they said, no worries. Like, they were like, fine. And it's funny because I can go in and I can look at the schedule and I can see that most of the people have, have optioned to go back to work. But at the same time, every night I see like two to two to five people like trying to give up their shift, like because it's just not worth it. Yeah. You know, you you're going in, you're making a little bit of money, you're you're putting yourself in danger. The bars closed again, so I mean, theoretically, they don't even need me right now. I mean, they can still make drinks and stuff, but there's you know, 
I don't know. I had one of the other bartenders call me up and like, when are you coming back, James? We miss you. I'm like, oh, I miss you too. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm, I, eventually I'm going to have to go back, but I'm, I'm not rushing it, you know? I, I really, my in-laws are in uh, Chicago right now. Um, and they're, um, they're hunkering down there. They'll be back in August. So. Did they drive or did they fly? They flew. So it was. Uh, How was that experience? Uh, good. They they when uh, they got there, they quarantined for two weeks. I, I don't know if I mentioned when I picked up my children from Miami, I quarantined uh, for two weeks. So they stayed in their rooms, and then we just we social distanced for two weeks, which was kind of hard, you know, not hugging your kids and stuff. But we did a pretty good job. And now we're, you know, I eat all their leftover food that they don't eat. <laughs> <laughs> proper father you know? yeah i love i love when they're because i always get extra food it's a good yeah. it's a good thing uh, how's everything with you dennis um all right uh i did go back to work i went to work for a few days and um i started having like anxiety come back up from being at work and being in that environment and stuff so i got off the schedule and now I'm waiting for things to come back down again and like numbers go back to normal. Um, I, just, I wanted to ask, yeah. you're in the industry too at the moment and you, um, now all the people who are sitting at the tables, none of them were wearing masks, I assume, correct? Um, yes. Like the restaurant that I worked at had a like pretty good policies where we had people at the door making sure that people had masks. And if they didn't have a mask, we had masks. And the rule was like, if you, when you come in and you have to be wearing a mask and when you walk around, you have to wear a mask. Uh, But when you sit down, you can take your mask off. So, and then the, yeah, to eat. And then obviously all the employees had masks and we had to have masks on at all times and constantly sanitize ourselves, our hands and like, uh, the areas around so like my restaurant is as safe as it could possibly be but it's still you know you're still a risk when you have people confined even if they're like you know every other table or social distanced or whatever you're you're kind of like uh mike's bridge right it's there's only so much space so you are passing people you are in an enclosed environment around people the whole time so yeah, there's always inherent risk in it, you know. Okay, yeah, I was just wondering. And that's pretty much the same as uh, the restaurant I work at. Yeah. But it's still like, ugh. Yeah, I, and, and- I think masks are going to be something, uh, no matter what profession you're in, that when you're around other people, it's going to be a mandatory thing. Did you guys see the uh, – I think it was – if not the first, it was one of the only. There were two country music musicians, since I'm in the uh, music industry and in, in radio, there were two artists that did concerts last weekend, and they didn't make it a requirement because it wasn't lawed by the governor to yeah. have masks on or to be six feet socially distanced. They recommended it, but they didn't mandate it. And people are just lighting them up, yeah, because well, of it. And I think it was the first shows the, like that. 
I think that's part of the problem. It's, you know, it's human nature that we, you know, we're, we're naturally ignorant about things that we don't know about. Right. And so we just want to go about our lives and live every day with no interruption or hassle. And when we look to leaders or whatever, like, you know, we typically take them on what they say. So like, you know, just like a kid, if you tell us that we can't, if, if you don't tell us that we can't eat cookies every day for dinner, we're going to eat cookies every day for dinner. So when you have leadership that doesn't mandate things or tell us what to do, then we're not going to do it on our own. You know, it's just, that's just the way humans are. So, you know, we have a lot of states. If you notice the states that are having these spikes are states that have governors and leaderships and stuff that are reluctant, that are going against what the health experts and, and stuff are suggesting and just saying, oh, well, we can't force anyone to do anything. Well, then this is what you get, you know? Yeah. It's, uh, it's one of those things you, you just have to kind of, you know, we say one day at a time and it's very helpful because that's, that's what people are having to deal with. And we actually know what that means, you know, when you're you're in the rooms and in recovery of how to break stuff down like that and just take it easy and control what you can. You know, your emotions don't get too uh, wrapped up and stuff. So I know that that's probably been helpful to so many people. I found out I have to be quarantined at home for the next two weeks because there was a member of uh, my staff that that had it and uh she thought that the blood work coming back negative meant she was good but really that was just an antibody test that wasn't the swab that they do and then the swab came back positive and she had been in the building walking around for like six hours you know so there there are something like 20 something people now that have to do their jobs from home and had to rapidly do it you know, and uh, so I'm just that's why Dennis and I aren't sitting on a park bench uh, today and uh, and doing it a bit different. But I just kind of wanted to, to plug in because it had been a while since we did like a coronavirus quarantine check in. Um, yeah. Ask Dennis how many people were at the, the meeting this morning. Yeah, I am going to live meetings again because our morning meeting opened back up and then at one of our night meetings opened back up um uh, clarify that we are taking steps we sanitize we have the rules like you got to wear the mask and all of this kind of stuff um and luckily we're in a big room and we're able to put the chairs like six feet apart and uh so we've been getting an average like eight to ten people the first couple of meetings we had 15 and that dropped down a little bit um, but they've been good. Go on. I said people had anxiety. They're like, oh, maybe I shouldn't do this yet. Well, I mean, that's <laughs> the reality of it is it's like it's still going on and we still have to take precautions and we have to take responsibility for what we do and stuff like that. If the, you know, to be honest, if the numbers increased in the morning, meaning if it was more than like the numbers that we're getting now, I probably would stop going as well. You know, because yeah. the more people around, the less you can social distance, the more risk that's there. Um, yeah. Luckily, there are still the Zoom meetings that are going on and stuff. You can still get 
you know, your meetings in and you can still contact sponsors and all of that. Like my program wouldn't slow down, but you know. Did I tell you guys that I, I picked up a sponsee over zoom and I, I still have not met him in person and he's almost done with the steps. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Isn't that cool? Yeah. That's, that's pretty wild. Yeah, it's, it's one of those cool stories. So, right, I'm talking with them. We'll FaceTime tomorrow and get them through step 10 and 11. So, wow. He's doing pretty good. That's awesome. Well, c- congratulations to him. You know, yeah. I mean, I guess we, we've technically. So, so when did, when did, uh, and obviously you don't have to go into detail, but when did you first start sponsoring him? So, how long has it been from then to now? Oh, the beginning of April, I believe. Okay. So that's that's pretty crazy. Yeah, you forget how long we've actually been in this, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's three well, three and a half months pretty yeah. much. Because I it was the second week of uh no, it's towards the end of March where we started being like things started really hitting. Yeah, yeah, yeah March it was when everything shut down, you know. March yeah, because and just like a good alcoholic, I'll always remember that the bars were shut down uh, for St. Patrick's Day. So yep. it's because because I thought I'm like, oh man, it's it's gonna be a lot of people not not loving life, not being able to get their fix. Um, What's crazy is I I had my remember my surprise birthday party it was March fifth, and there was like 25 people crammed in this tiny little room. And by the grace of God, no one had it or gave it to anyone. And, you know, just two weeks later, like, everything was shut down. It's crazy. Yeah. And partially because of the quarantine, that's why I wanted to kind of give an update on how everything is. I know that the when this first started, the streaming sites like Netflix, Disney+, Plus, they got hit so hard on so many people trying to stream that it actually – they had to reduce bandwidth and everything else yeah. because there were too many people on it. And it got me actually watching some shows about recovery and me thinking about the topic of like how recovery is portrayed in TV and films, sometimes accurately, sometimes not accurately. And like what we've seen since now we have years under our belt and, uh, can have some perspective so are there some tv shows or films that you guys remember seeing and like how did they differ maybe what were the best ones as far as the accuracy or ones that were a best representation i think outbreak was a pretty good oh wait we're on recovery now. <laughs> no no we didn't say the best monkey movie uh, <laughs> uh wait i want to watch it what are you liking though? Who wants to go first with it, with a couple that they've uh, they've found? Uh, I'll go first. Okay. Um, um, well, I've seen a couple. Uh, most recently, I, I can say I saw a beautiful boy, and this really touched my heart. Um, one, it has Steve Carell in it. He was he's an amazing actor, one of my favorites, and um, he plays such a heartfelt father who has a good relationship with his son, but his son is uh, divided between divorce. So he's divided between his parents and um, his son um, gets into drugs and he starts um, 
getting into the more hardcore drugs and he um his life really takes a turn and his dad he he kind of loses his son throughout the movie and um he just he wants to connect with the son he even goes out and he gets a, a bag of uh, it looks like meth you know just so he can try it and see what his, his his son is going through you know talk about a dedicated father and you know through it all i just see him him just being there for him and just loving him and um it's really heartbreaking to watch um and it touched me a lot because you know i have two children and you know a lot of us believe that this alcoholic gene is hereditary and you know they know that i drink or I drank and I'm a recovered alcoholic and um, I haven't really had any drug talks with them yet, but they're 13 and 16 and I think it's about time I do. And God forbid they ever go that route. I can be as loving and supporting as Steve Carell was to his son in that movie. And, um, you know, I, 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 I don't really worry about it because I try to stay in the present, but it does cross my mind sometimes. And I, I hope, that I can be, you know, a solution for them, or I will have the solution for them if they ever go that route. So, do you do you plan on? And I don't want to put it like in the terms of war, but you know, if people go away to a war and they come back and they don't want to talk about it, and if you bring it up, maybe they'll share some details. It is like. For an alcoholic and an addict, for some, in your head, it feels like that. It feels like there's there's so much. I mean, there's people that are addicts and alcoholics that have PTSD um, because of what their brain has been put on. Have you thought about when the day comes, if you want to be the one to say, say if a movie's on and then you watch the movie with them and have a conversation about uh, your experience or do you want to let them bring it up to you if they have questions? Yeah, that's a good question. I, um, I think I'll, well, let me put it this way. My, um, my wife has taught me to be uh, a planner uh, a lot more so than I have been in the past. And I think, you know, when I look back, 15 was the age where I started drinking and smoking weed. And it's a good chance that these, my children will be influenced by their friends. Um, you know, just because that's the culture today, you know, drugs and alcohol, it's, you know, you know, two friends that do it and you know, one friend that doesn't. So, um, I think it's it's my duty as a father to to have the talk with them uh, before they bring it up because if they're anything like me, they're not going to bring it up to their to me. <laughs> so um, yeah, I'll let you know how that goes. <laughs> in the in the movie that you were talking about, is do they have any? Uh, do they show any recovery in it, or is it about primarily addiction uh, and using? They do show some recovery in it. Um, and at the end, I believe he, his father saves him. Uh, Dennis, help me out with this one. Um, did they, he showed him going to meetings and stuff, correct? Yeah. Um, 
yeah, in the beautiful boy, he like, um, well, I'll I'll say this. Uh, what I think is very important about this movie in particular is that it's actually based off of two books: one that uh, the main character wrote, and one that the father wrote. And the father writes his book from the his perspective perspective. Sorry. And his perspective is one of the struggling father not being able to help his son. And he turns to Al-Anon for help. And then the son writes from the perspective of the drug addict that's trying to recover. And he obviously turns to a 12-step program, I believe it's NA, for help. So in the movie, you see both sides of that. So you do see the father struggle and turning to Al-Anon for help. And you see the son going to rehab, um, going to meetings, and then they actually see him returning to a rehab or a high school or somewhere and telling his story like a lot of us do. Yeah. And do you know if you can get that? I imagine probably you can probably rent it on on sites because i i haven't seen if it's free anywhere if you have a subscription have you it's it's out there somewhere i believe amazon has it at least amazon because amazon had all the oscar nominee movies and i believe it was one of them okay so you can you can it's out there it was in it's a 2019 movie so yeah so it's so it's very new yeah yeah and it's you know it's like like james said it's uh Steve Carell, but also the guy, the kid that plays the um, boy is uh, Timothy Shalma. I, I always mess up his name, but Timothy, huh? He's a great actor. Oh, he's phenomenal. He was also in Little Women and some other movies and stuff. He's If you've never seen him act, the way he portrays this character is dead on. Like, I saw this movie in the movie theater with my sponsor and some other people in our fellowship, and I literally cried. There's one, are we allowed to do spoilers? Sure. As, I, I mean, I think the, the rule is as long as you say it and tell people how long you're planning on spoiling so that way right. they can jump ahead. I'm gonna like 30 spo- seconds? I'm gonna, all right, here's a spoiler, and I'm gonna I'm gonna talk for two hours because the movie's like, <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh. But there's a there's one part where where he's ODing and he's laying on the bathroom and it was so realistic and touching that I literally cried in the movie theater. You know, it's like that powerful of a movie. Like, are you are you done spoiling? Yeah, I'm done spoiling. And now we're back. <laughs> thanks. Thanks for skipping ahead 30 seconds. What you missed, <laughs> you'll never hear us talk about again. <laughs> uh, is it, are, are there any other? I know a couple of years ago, uh, Star is Born that was redone three times over. It's funny, even though they had like the two versions beforehand that I still had never seen, uh, the first two versions of A Star is Born. Um, I'm thankful no one spoiled it for me. And I got to see that and I actually share, I watched the stars born with my wife and uh, a friend of mine who you guys met my friend, Sean, he saw it or like when it first came out and was like, Oh my God, is that what it's like? And I think that movie, there's a scene where he, he pees his pants, ruins, 
ruins a huge yeah but this isn't like this this isn't like the end all be all i won't give that one away but he pees his pants on stage while his uh wife or girlfriend is accepting one of the biggest awards of her life and he he essentially steals the show in a negative way and there's so many times that i know probably not to that magnitude i would hope but that i stole the show and i made it all about me and uh i'm glad that i don't have to do that anymore like that feeling of being lower than low i think is something that we can definitely identify with that feeling in your gut when you're like oh like why am i here it's humiliation doesn't even begin to actually uh describe that feeling so i think there's there's so much and i also think like compliments to so many writers that i'm amazed when i find out that a writer of a script isn't actually part of a program a star is born written by bradley cooper actually did get sober and is a part of the 12-step community so that's why that was so accurate like almost to a fault people sometimes don't like when it's so real you know Um, because it does it break a tradition you know when you put it out there and at the levels of press radio and film it gets exposed you know um some people have a tough time with it but i i from the inside personally like it what what do you guys think like, I got some things to say about that. Movie. I'm sure you do. Uh, for one, Lady Gaga is fabulous in everything that she does. But uh, that movie is like, you know, it's one of, you know how like in AA we're, we're taught to like relate and not compare. And for me, that movie, it's like, okay, here's like, you know, some rich rock star living that rock star life or whatever. Like, I can't compare to that. Like, you know, maybe if my wildest dreams come true, I'll be at an award show one day, you know, like that. But but where I stand now, it's hard because it's hard to relate. But if we look at it kind of like, like what you said, on especially that scene, where if we take away all the stardom of it and the, the celebrity of it and stuff, is like, here's a guy who is struggling. And he's in love with his partner who is now like rising to the heights of success in her chosen field. And he is still not able to hold it together. He just becomes like the ultimate embarrassment. Like what's the most embarrassing thing that you could think of is sloppily peeing your pants on the stage in front of and on television in front of like millions of people. And it's, it is, it's like really cringy, but like you said, how many times, have I been out like at a nightclub or a bar or something and throwing up or been like with like my partner or something and unresponsive, like passed out drunk in public, you know? And that's like things that we deal with. It's very, very realistic in that sense when we take away all the stardom of the whole thing. Um, but as far as like the tradition, what I, I would say is that if you notice in that movie, and in Bradley Cooper in life, like, yes, he's he's come out and openly said that he is in recovery and has had a drinking problem or whatever and now doesn't drink. But that movie, it does not mention like 
AA or NA or any other type of fellowship. You know, it's not a representation of it. What he's doing is he's telling a story and the stories we own, you know. So if I want to go out and tell my story in a film or whatever, then that's mine to tell. What's not mine to tell is that is your story or someone else's story or to stand up and, and act like I'm a representation of all alcohol or of a certain fellowship. You know what I'm saying? Sure. So what other, uh, I know Ma, as far as TV shows, Mom is one that uh, people think is pretty funny. Anna Faris, uh, the actress's name is escaping me that plays her mom in that. Um, have, you, have you guys watched that at all? No, but I've heard of it. Yeah. I've seen like an episode or two of it and it's yeah. good. It's a, it's a, it's another one that I think portrays it. I don't know if anyone involved in that show is in recovery or not, but it seems to portray it in a light, humorous way, like the actual struggle. You know, they're not like perfect one chip wonders and stuff. They're like dealing with life on life's terms and trying to get through it. You know, and I think that's very. And I like I like the comedy ones. Like there's another one called Flanked with uh, Will Fair or Will Arnett in it. And I think it's when we tell hard stories through comedy, it makes it easier digest, uh, digestible and stuff. Like not all stories have to be doom and gloom, like you know, fire and brimstone. It's like we can tell our stories in a humorous way and still get the the realism and the point across with it. And I think he, I know that he's in the program, and I believe that's on uh, Netflix that you can get. So if yeah. you have a subscription to that, uh, I did see a couple episodes of it, and it is it's funny, but it's also like totally real. <laughs> yeah, you know, like it, one, th- it, one thing interesting about will arnett if you go on twitter first follow at the characters underscore so you can keep up with us uh but then go after you do that go to will arnett uh twitter and under his like little bio tagline thing it says jason bateman sponsor and then you go to jason bateman's twitter account and under his bio it says will arnett's friend yeah do you, like do you guys um if you know that a actor or a musician or anything else is in recovery and uh you know does does the work does that make you like them more does that change your perception and again the, we're not affiliated to any organization this is just our opinions as we stated yeah. in the beginning of this but how do you guys feel about it i always feel like more like almost like a, we're in a secret club you know, like Rob Lowe just started a podcast and I feel like I have to give it a couple listens just because I know enough about him to know that he went through it and, and does the work. Does that make you guys like like them more or change your opinion? Yeah, I, I think I like Eminem more when I found out he's got. <laughs> yeah. you know, I've always liked his rap. He, he's very talented but when i found out that he, he went through a lot and that he put out recordings and he put out albums about it like one album was uh, relapse uh, another one was on recovery and it's i think it's amazing you know that he can be proud of himself and put them out there um also um 
Sir Anthony Hopkins. I love listening to his AA talks because uh, he's such a dedicated and accomplished actor. You know, to see him, I think he's got like 30 plus years. Wow. And, you know, in Hollywood, it's, with all the temptation around, you know, it's got to be a, a little more difficult. Yeah. Kinda... Well, I think it's also like, to me, like, I don't know if it makes me like them less or not, like, whatever, but I do definitely get this wholesome feeling from like learning about people like like when i was growing up in it like i grew up like my teenage years were like in the 90s and stuff and i was a huge nine inch nails fan and trent Reznor, i found out later that like you know had some incidences and and basically went into recovery what program or anything i don't know or whatever but he's clean and sober and lives differently and uh it makes you wonder when you look at these people who we idolize rightly or wrongly, it's just, that's what we do, especially when we're teenagers and stuff that, you know, that they share similar problems to you and have been through the same things and able to turn their life around as well. Then it, you know, it's kind of, you get that feeling just like talking with another alcoholic, like we're not alone. Like even these people who are celebrities, actors and, whatever musicians and all of these things they're human too and like you know to see that they're that they struggle with the same things that we struggle with and can overcome it in spite of everything then it it has the same feeling of me talking with james or with you mike and like or any other alcoholic yeah it's one of my favorite stories and i'm fortunate um in my career, there's a lot of people that have a lot of followers on social media and a lot of eyes on them. And uh, three and a half years ago, I had a phone interview with Tom Arnold. And, you know, Tom Arnold has a, a checkered past with many different things. And he also has, you know, years in recovery and was talking about we said uh, it was somebody that I worked to his birthday and I was talking with him about his favorite birthday. And he said, you know what my favorite birthday was? It was when a bunch of my buddies came over and we just had a candy birthday party where it was just a bunch of candy and he's naming off these people. And I notice that there's one thing in common with all of them and that they are in recovery. And he's saying Bradley, Bradley Cooper slash James Hetfield from Metallica. And he's listing off these people. And I'm like, that's so cool. And I knew that he was in recovery. And I, I said a couple slogans of, um, you know, uh, do the next right thing. And, oh, yeah. You know, I, I said to him off the uh, when we weren't recording, I said, I said, oh, yeah, uh, you know, uh, sounds like a great uh, party that Bill W would be proud of. And he's like, hell yeah, man. He's like, you know it. And it's those things. The reason I really like the slogans is because it's like that secret lingo. So just like you're talking about on there, you know, uh, you know, friend of this person on social media, it's seeing that and then seeing their work in the art almost sometimes subconsciously in films and TV and different scripts that they are actually doing a good, you know, people say that the, there's just a bunch of junk that you can watch on TV, but I find value 
in shows and movies on recovery and seeing those yeah, out there. I still yeah. have, had you guys seen Michael Keaton back in 1988 did clean and sober was one that everyone says is one of the best. And I still had, I've still never seen it. Have I you guys seen it. No. no. Have you even heard about it? No. I think he was nominated because this was before he was Batman. So this was like in between a couple things. And in the 80s. Yeah, it was 88. Um, And what was the other one that was uh, really big about the story of Bill W? Um, Is it was it uh, Bob? What is it? Bob and I think James Woods is in it. No, I've heard of that one. I haven't seen that one. Either. Yeah, what other um, ones that are there are, are we missing that uh, you know kind of have a meaning right. to you? I know you said Pinocchio, Dennis. I got one. I got a couple actually, but I want to. I want to here in the middle of things. I know Mike just like named off a whole bunch of like celebrity names saying that they were in recovery, but I want to like emphasize that like the names that we're saying of these celebrities are people who have come out publicly and publicly talk about this and told their story and told their story. No, like we may or may not have met celebrities in the course of our recovery and meetings or whatever. And we're not, we aren't, and we would not mention anyone that we have personally met that is not out there publicly. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's a good disclaimer. I appreciate that. Um, also, as far as like movies, I think you mentioned Pinocchio. I'm going to save that one. But I want to <laughs> like I think uh, one that really needs to be mentioned is Sir Elton John's movie, Rocket Man. You know, it is billed as just his biography and stuff. But it's a it's a very powerful movie in the sense like I went and saw it in the theaters as well because I, I love Elton John. Who doesn't love Elton John? I mean, he's amazing. But the first opening, spoilers, the first opening scene, you know, he walks, he's angry, he's pissed off, he's all extravagantly dressed like he just came off stage and he walks into the movie or walks into this room and sits down and we all know what this room looks like, you know, a bunch of chairs around in a circle, you know, and he sits down angry and he says, you know, I'm a, I'm a, you know, my name's Elton John and I'm addicted to freaking sex and drugs and shopping and alcohol it just goes on and then the whole movie is him telling his story from you know sitting in this chair and we see him evolve from childhood to drug use to life to his successes and his recovery you know and to me it's like it's a recovery movie like 100% and it's so powerful because you know it's real you know, you know, everything that he's telling is the truth about himself. And it's, I don't know, it was probably one of the most like enjoyable, more entertaining, but also powerful recovery movies that I've ever seen. I've never seen it laid out that way, you know. Okay, quick question. Ready? Mm-hmm. James, favorite Elton John song, go. Rocket Man. All right, Ooh. Dennis. Favorite Elton John song? Go. Uh, Rocket Man would probably be it, but Tiny Dancer is a freaking amazing song. Goodbye, you, Yellow Brick Road. Neither one of those songs are what I'm looking for. Crocodile Rock was the answer. Crocodile Sorry. Rock. Okay. Nope. 
No. <laughs> still, still standing. Still nope. standing is a great song. Because uh, none, it like none of those are the answer I was looking right. for. <laughs> still, still standing the a one hundred percent recovery song. Candle in the wind. Oh, that's a beautiful song. Yeah. I I does it does it make us a part of a certain age when I think Candle in the Wind and I think of Princess Diana? Because that was not that was not yeah, what it was that originally song. Marilyn Monroe is originally who it was for. What do you guys think of? Do you think of Marilyn Monroe or Princess Di? I would probably say Marilyn Monroe. Oh my goodness! Because I knew that that was that what that song was about long before Princess Di. Yeah. Well, that's that's just sad. So, so okay, so we got Rocket Man. Anything else that we're forgetting before you jump into Pinocchio and blow people's minds? Lion King. La- Ooh, feel the love tonight. <laughs> oh, it's Elton John's song. I thought you meant was... Lion King was a recovery movie. I was yeah. like, no, it's <laughs> Actually, Mufasa was quite drunk when he mm-hmm. killed his brother. <laughs> yeah, Scar had a, a, a few character defects for sure. That's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for covering me. Uh, uh, what, what else? Do you want to jump into Pinocchio to try to make sense of it? Sure. Because I, 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 until I met you, I never thought that Pinocchio uh, had ties to recovery. To me, it is. I mean, it's a little fairy tale and it's a little you have to go into like the mystical realm of things to understand it. But to me, like Disney's Pinocchio, not necessarily the original books and stuff that you could that could have other themes that you could apply, but Disney's Pinocchio, the animated Pinocchio, is 100% a recovery film. Okay, so you have this guy, this kid, right? And this kid is basically rebellious. You know, he's like the rest of us. He's born into this world. He doesn't know why or how or who he is or whatever. And so what does he do? He goes out into the world to experience it for what it is. You know, he's given a conscience but he doesn't listen to the conscience, right? Jiminy Cricket is his conscience and he ignores it and like pushes him away. So he goes out into the world, ignoring his better self and telling him what's right and wrong. And then he goes out and he drinks, he smokes, he does all the things that we all do going out there and living our lives and having a good time, singing, dancing, hanging out with the wrong crowd and stuff. And what happens? He turns into a jackass, just like many of us have done. We turn into jackasses. We turn into this, <laughs> this person who is not who we want to be or who our best self is, you know? So he deals with that. He, he realizes it's wrong, but it's too late. He doesn't know how to change it or whatever. And then, uh, you know, throughout the story, finally, <clears throat> he meets the blue fairy right and we can you know allegorically we can say that we after all of that happened and we turn into jackasses and we want to change and we don't know how we're introduced to the blue book in the aa we have the big book is blue and from that we learn how to live we learn how to like clean up our past and in all of this and we become real boys again and that's ultimately what happened with Pinocchio, you know, he became a real boy, huh? 
He finds the blue fairy. Yeah, he finds the blue fairy who, <laughs> with the help of the blue fairy, he becomes a real boy. He learns to listen to the better half of him, his conscience on what's right and wrong, and live a better life. And that's exactly what we do. Some of us. So we try our best. So I... <laughs> I, like, I like that. What else are we forgetting, guys? Anything else? James, did you have any others that you liked? Um, I sometimes I'll watch a show called Intervention, and it's um, man, what a, a show that like keeps you just like on the edge of your seat, just like wow. I couldn't, I-, I couldn't even watch that when I first came in. I couldn't yeah. even watch it, and I haven't, tr- I haven't tried in a while. Like, what do you feel like if, if right. you watch that? What are feelings that come up? I feel a lot of times I feel angry and a lot of times I, I can identify with some of the behaviors like, like, cause when you see it from the other point of view, you're just like, man, I can't believe how selfish and how sick I was to just completely disregard anyone else to get whatever I wanted in that moment. And then there's some people who just do some really sick and disgusting things and, but the good thing is at the end, there's always, they always are faced with the choice. You know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a choice that they didn't ask for, but because they're surrounded by people who love them, they, they're, they're given this choice. And most of the time, these people do choose recovery. And then a lot of times it'll go back and see how they're doing. It'll say, uh, you know, so-and-so has stayed sober for eight months and they're still doing what it takes. And it's just, it's powerful. It's so powerful and it's so real and it's so raw. But I, I get that not being able to watch it because you're you're in every kind of addiction there is. From food addiction to huffing gas addiction to heroin, you name it, they've got it on that show. It's pretty, it's pretty raw. Yeah. And people, yeah. um, man, did I, now neither one of you went, you haven't been a part of an intervention for somebody else or had one on you like that. Right guys. No, but I, I have, I, I want to like say something about intervention. Yeah. The show. My, or an intervention? Yeah. Okay. The show. Cause like, and I'll, I'll preface this, this, this is my opinion. Like, I don't know if it's right or wrong. <laughs> yeah. It's my opinion, Hand but I don't, popcorn. I don't like that show. And my reasoning behind that is because, you know, like I look at like, like these alcoholics and drug addicts or whatever they are as people that are sick. Right. And these people are in very, usually in very bad situations in their life and yes maybe it's their own choosing or whatever but it's a low point of their life and here they're being not only bombarded by their family which i understand the good intentions of interventions and stuff like that but it's also they're being bombarded by a television camera so they walk in and they're being confronted by their family who obviously love them and whatnot and want the best for them and fear for their safety and their lifestyle. But it's being televised for, the, for entertainment and for profit. And I think that's a situation that necessarily shouldn't be broadcast to the world. You know, these people are sick and suffering. 
they need help yes but does the world need to watch them at their worst you know yeah well i see you dennis what i said i see your point you know what you should do you should write them a letter and tell them that you should produce the show and then you could become the new producer but why would I want to produce a show that I don't because, believe in? Because you could change it. You could change how it is. You know, I, I, um, I mean, why do, I guess the big thing is why do people watch the show? Do you think they watch it? The private, like the, the core audience that watches it all the time. Do you think they watch it for entertainment? Or do they watch it to see like the drama and the highs and lows? Um, I mean, it'd be, it'd be interesting to see what the demographic is of that of that particular show. But I mean, again, like going back to human nature, what do we do? It's like watching a train wreck. We don't look away. Most of our our television shows, and especially in like the reality TV uh, genre, is drama. We like drama. We like to watch drama from a safe distance away. And through our television, that gives us the mirror or that that protection. You know what I'm saying? That this is over there, far off, not part of my life. No, none of us like drama in our real life. You know, we it, it's causes stress and anger. But for some reason, we're attracted to it. And I'm guilty of this, too. I, I like drama on television. So it's just it's that we like to watch it from a safe distance but that particular show i don't know if the demographic would be um you know recovering alcoholics or or active drug addicts or anything like that i don't know or if it's just your common person who likes the drama of it i i would doubt i would doubt it's somebody that's on the fence (laughs) yeah like if you're watching that and you know that you got issues man it's like never once, never once would like even I guess the show that I would actually, which is strange now that I'm thinking about it, would actually drink while watching it was Celebrity Rehab when um, uh, what's his name? Dr. Drew would be in there. But it was more like the highs and lows and screaming and yelling, screaming and yelling wasn't as much a part of it. You know, it would just show the emotional side of these people coming together and trying to get clean. And it's an unfortunate thing that since the show went off, I think there was probably six seasons. uh, I know many people on the show ended up dying, you know, and it was just like really tough because those celebrities, Dennis Rodman, I know, was on one season, um, you know, and and people that were having a real tough time. and you know is it is it good is it bad does it actually help people i think it it depends on putting the work in you know when the cameras are off you know at the end of intervention like james was talking about they have a little blurb of you know uh where they are today uh, you know if if they've had success and as you guys know if you don't put the work in it's not going to work yeah, and I think that's important too is like when you look at shows like Celebrity Rehab and stuff, 
you know, your draw of it is the drama and the celebrityness of it and stuff. And I'm sure Dr. Drew went in it trying to be as educational as possible. But even in all of these movies and all of these television shows, like you said, it's, it's, you know, that's not recovery. You know, that's their experiences with recovery touching on it. But recovery is not going to the movies and watching a movie. It's going in, you, you know, into a room and asking for help, humbling yourself and then putting in the work to change and to, to live a better way. You know, mm-hmm. any others that you just want to toss out? I know two that I recommend. Uh, Mark Marin has a TV show, his podcast, also WTF. Some of the people that were named in here have told their stories on his podcast, which is free. Um, so just want to put a plug in when you're done listening to this. Like I said, there's a lot of people that tell their stories, which is pretty cool. I know I get a lot out of it um, when they they share their experience, strength, and hope a little bit within their story. And also Rescue Me um, is a great one that I turn anybody on that wants to see the highs and the lows of what it's like. There's a lot of real lingo. If you haven't been to a meeting and you want to know what some of the real lingo and stuff happens, uh, that show, I think, does a really good job at that. How much of that show have you watched? I have. Uh, I actually just re-binge watched the entire thing and have it on DVD if you want to borrow it, James. If you have a DVD player, I have the whole series is something like 93 episodes. They're 41 minutes a piece. Um, and about Dennis Leary is the main character. It's a firefighter in a firehouse. His whole family is alcoholics. And he goes from starting not drinking during – it's two years after 9-11 that it started. And then he drinks on the job, hits his bottom, uh, you know uh, – cuts it off cold turkey, starts going to meetings. His whole family then goes to meetings. He relapses. So there's like highs and lows within it that um, is, a, I would say, a secondary or third tier plot um, of the story throughout all the episodes. And, I mean, if obviously, if you can't stand him as an actor, he, he turns a lot of people off with his brashness. You might not like it, but it's one that... I know for me, it's funny watching it now sober uh, six years in September. It will be for me. When I first started watching that show, I was drinking while I was watching it and I didn't pick up on the little things, you know, and God has talked about it in the show as well. And um, of course, you know, a huge part of many recovery programs, you know, and ours, is that so you know try like i said any of these shows try it out it's just our uh you know opinions of what we've seen and uh and some that we haven't in the case of the tv show mom yeah i got i got an honorable mention as well there's a movie called uh i believe it's called thanks for sharing and it actually deals with like sex addiction but it, it stars uh like Jason Bateman's in it, uh, Josh Gad is in it, Pink is in it, and a couple of other like Mark Ruffalo. Know, big, Mark Ruffalo's in it, a couple other big stars and stuff. And it deals with sex addiction. 
which but again uh, you know don't compare but relate to it and it it goes through the 12 steps program you know like they're in recovery like it's the main theme of the whole movie and it's a very very good well done movie awesome so guys thank you and i wanted to mention that um throughout this uh, it's very clear that Dennis is the scriptwriter because he has more opinions than anyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're just sitting uh, back. True. <laughs> yeah, James got, and I actually I cooked and ate breakfast. Right. <laughs> I've got too many opinions. I all admit that. Uh, and I, I will say, if there's any recommendations, if you're listening and, and we forgot something, we probably did, uh, feel free to tweet <laughs> at us. And what is that again, Dennis? At the underscore characters on Twitter. Yeah, so so make sure you uh, you reach out, and if uh, you took any of the suggestions that we had and uh, have a opinion on it, you can definitely do that. Anything else you guys want to add in? Nope. I want movie theaters to reopen so I can go watch movies again. Yeah. Why July 30th, AMC is opening up. Yeah. Yeah, it might be too early. <laughs> <laughs> I found out yesterday, and it's that you have to wear masks and social distancing. Sure. Are they going to, like, have empty seats in between everyone? Yeah. I mean, the good news is they had that anyway. So it's 2020. <laughs> Movie theaters are not what they used to, right? I'm not, yeah. Movie theaters are fun, but... Uh, I don't know. As as someone who loves film and stuff, there's nothing like seeing a movie the way it's meant to be seen on sure. a big screen with a sound system in a crowd. It, it's what still about, the you, best way to enjoy a movie. Throughs. It's not the same. It's not, no, <laughs> like it's, I mean, the crowd reactions is part of a movie, you know. And I listen for that. Like as someone who it, it in, they should pipe yeah. it in. Well, crowd reactions at the drive-through, like they should have the concession people on the megaphone going Ooh, when like <laughs> people kiss or that like sounds horrible. Get them, get them, when there's a fight, you know. Yeah, I would like. But to also, my 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 car sound system is not going to be the same as like the Dolby system in in a movie theater, dude. I got some Pioneer speakers at Kenwood <laughs> Amp. We'll just put it right in there. Couple twelves in the trunk, dude. I got twelves, buddy. You want them? I got them. I miss those days. I miss those days. Uh, we'll <laughs> we'll be back next Thursday, sharing our experience, strength, and hope with you on episode forty-four with an effective characters having uh, been entirely ready to have all these character defects removed. Remember, go to the movies, right? Let's all go to the movies. Movies. We'll see you next time. (laughs)